I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right off the top, Chris. So today I was over uh, babysitting with my girlfriend. Her niece needed people to watch her today. And five years old, we went out and played. We hung out. And then look at this. She took me to the salon today. (laughs) Got the nails touched up. Look how sweet these look. (laughs) Shout out to my stylist, my girlfriend's niece. We did great today. She went five different colors. And look, we got the temp tattoo, too. If nothing else, be unique. That's awesome stuff, man. How about that? I got your nails painted by your daughter. Uh, she's she's just starting to get used to getting used to doing her own nails. Okay. Um, but (laughs) tomorrow night is our first daddy daughter dance at her school. Check that out. How about it? Yeah. Um, getting all suited up and everything. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm trying to decide. I, I might. I might treat it like this. The same level that I do, like the NFL owners meetings, like you know, maybe yeah. suit jacket and and slacks, but no tie or anything like that. Just cut a button down underneath or something. But, um, you know, I, I've cried. You know, at both of my kids' first day of school, I'm. I'm totally expecting to to cry. So, <laughs> have I been taking classes? Yeah. No, I have not. But check them out. Check that out. One color for each nail. Got a little purple, a little pink. This one is glow in the dark, a little like light blue. My wife little... actually had glow in the dark paint, uh, uh, fingernail, fingernail polish or <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, the last time she got a, a manicure, my daughter went. And she was like, "Get some glow in the dark." And my wife went, "Okay, <laughs> sure, why not? Sure, why not?" So they brought the big, you know, like the big satchel out of nail polish and. Pick them all out. This is what we do. Uh, do I have plans for tonight, Sebastian? No. I have plans for the he's going, weekend. He's going to the NFL Honors uh, show with uh, uh, painted fingernails. Yeah. This is my this is my outfit for the Super Bowl, uh, for Super Bowl weekend. So that's what we're all with. So shout out. Check that out. We're styling today. I went to the salon. I got all done up. We're looking good. We're rolling today. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This is a Thursday edition of the Southside Beat, February 8th, 2024. Super Bowl Sunday coming up. We will spend, I think, most, if not all, of tomorrow's show yeah. on a football Friday 
diving into the big game. But Might tonight, be the least Steelers version of this show, probably. <laughs> well, maybe not the least, but one of the least, certainly. Um, but tonight is an all important night for many reasons, and that's NFL honors. Mm -hmm. um, TJ Watt in line for defensive player of the year, and Joey Porter Jr. in line for rookie of the year. We'll get to that shortly. But to start the show, Chris, it's more Art Rooney the second, and he's been doing rounds of media interviews lately. He did one, obviously, uh, what was it last week with with DK and about ten or so reporters in the oh, room. They were select, that many. select reporters, yeah. basically, um, being in the room with Art Rooney the second, and exact. See, Mike gets it exactly. I'm becoming the uncle girl dad the funkle however you want to phrase it i didn't mind it she wanted to do it i said yeah why not let's do it and they look great and then the temp tattoo you gotta have the temp tattoo as well yeah um but anyway so art rooney the second um chatting up with um he's doing tv rounds now and he did an interview with kdka the other day and then yesterday wtae wpxi the three local tv stations around here also did sit downs with art rooney the second and Obviously, a wide range of topics were discussed, talking about potentially bringing the NFL draft here to Pittsburgh, about building this team back up, about things about Acrisure Stadium. And of course, a, a big topic was the quarterback situation. Now, Art Rooney's being kind of consistent with this, and I think that those that are being interviewed as, as members of the Steelers being interviewed are talking. They're talking not really about Mason Rudolph in the spectrum of, well, we know he's going to be here next year because there is a decision for Mason Rudolph to make. Mm -hmm. However, that's kind of leading into the conversation of other options at quarterback outside of Mason. And Art Rooney II talked about the door being open. This is with KDKA the other day about um, the door being open for trades for a potential mm -hmm. quarterback. Now there's kind of a discourse of, well, that's more unlikely. And that's coming from Art Rooney saying it's more unlikely that the Steelers would trade for a quarterback and talking about how there's a confidence in Kenny Pickett and they think, they think, their belief, they think that he can take the next step in his development as a quarterback. So over these last few days from Art Rooney II, a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Just about the state overall, not just of the quarterback room, but talking about Kenny Pickett and their feel and their belief of him. Now, how much of that is Art Rooney speaking in terms of we got to publicly back Kenny. We got to publicly say, hey, we drafted this guy in the first round two years ago. This is our guy. Yeah. Or is this talking about the options that are currently available to the Steelers as they are? I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of said it yesterday, you know, when, whenever, you know, based off of what he he said in the initial interview, whenever, you know, it sounded like the doors open, that includes to trades and stuff like that, that it was like, I, I don't I'm not taking that as a full blown like, oh, he's trying to like put something under the radar where people can kind of put this as like, oh, yeah, the Steelers are definitely going to trade for somebody just kind of bring that down a little bit. And, you know, um you know, it's fun to think about, you know, the possibilities of, okay, maybe the Steelers do try to do a little bit more than just kick the tires on a trade for Justin Fields or for Russell Wilson or or any other potential trade targets. Yeah. I just think that, you know, based off of the comments from the past, you know, two interviews that have been, you know, tossed around and have been really made the rounds on social media is that just like I mentioned yesterday, 
they should not be putting any limitations on how they upgrade the position. Um, they need to, they really do need to have an open mind to everything. If for whatever reason, the bears are not just trying to trade Justin Fields, but all of a sudden they're having a clearance sale on former first round quarterbacks that are still on their roster. And you can now get him for what was, you know, initially going to be a first or second round pick. And now it's only a third or fourth round pick. Do you take a second guess at that? Do you go, hmm, well, maybe that would be worth it, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of push Kenny. And if Kenny doesn't work out, then we have another first round quarterback on the roster that has shown development over three NFL seasons. Not enough development, probably, for a lot of people to be comfortable about that. But still, again, it's about having your mind open to things and not just closing it off saying, no, we won't trade for a quarterback because Kenny's our guy. Well, that puts you in a hole. Because what if now Kenny does not pan out and you had opportunities to upgrade in the offseason, but you didn't want to because you were so married to Kenny when he's shown no reason to fully trust him going into year three. So it really is about, okay, Mason Rudolph is our priority when it comes to adding to the quarterback room. But if that doesn't work, we have every other option available to us. However, that work, however, that may work, whether it's Ryan Tanhill, whether it's a trade for Justin Fields, whether it's signing Kirk Cousins, and however those things can possibly work for the Steelers, all options need to be on the table. And Art Rooney is correct in in putting it that way that they have to they have to have those options. But then it goes back to that belief in Kenny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously more things need to play out. We're still a ways away from free agency starting. The NFL combine hasn't even started yet. We're not even at Super Bowl Sunday yet, technically. So more on the quarterback position needs to be played out. Uh, real quick, DeMond asked, um, what are your thoughts on Javon Bullard, the safety out of Georgia? This is talking about the draft. Uh, reminds DeMond of Mike Hilton, but can cover and doesn't miss tackles. I like uh, I like Bullard as like a second round option. I'm not sure about first round, but he definitely would address a position in need. I think that's a nice, um, I think that's a nice thing. An interesting concept here from Rick uh, front office communication can be propaganda. I don't believe a word of it. I think there's some truth to that. I think the front office and if you want to consider it, like when I, when we talked about Arthur Smith in his first public comments as the Steelers offensive coordinator, I made a point to say, Hey, like that's great that he's talking about all of this stuff, but keep in mind the source, keep in mind where it was said. It was said on Steelers social media channels. It was said on Steelers.com, it was a, a team-run interview. And here's the difference with that, with this Art Rooney stuff, is that that's not team stuff. That's coming out to independent media. That's coming out to uh, KDKA, PXI, TAE, the local TV stations here, who, uh, two of them at least, don't really have that kind of direct affiliation. KDKA has more direct affiliation with the Steelers than the other two. But Art Rooney saying that stuff on those mediums, I think, matters to a certain extent. Now, Mm -hmm. Art Rooney's going to bottle up as much as he needs to bottle up to protect whatever he wants to protect. That's his right to do. I think there's a, there's kind of a a gray area that doesn't really get breached that often of, yeah, it's Steelers stuff, but they don't have to tell us anything. They don't have to unveil anything. This is still a private institution in some ways, and they can keep their, you know, their belongings and their, happenings to themselves if they really want to i think that kind of thing gets lost in the shuffle sometimes so mm-hmm. this is a good opportunity i think to remind people of that concept 
Want to just uh, give a quick shout out to Joan French here saying, uh, love this podcast. I listen to DK in the morning, the Ramon Foster show with DK in the afternoon. Now I'm adding this podcast. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you, you, uh, you, you joining the, uh, uh, we can't really call it the asylum. That's what's all over on DKPittsburghSports.com. We have to kind of kind of come up with a nickname for everybody. And we can carry it over here for now. Um, and we won't. And we're not just adhered to football either. I mean, I opened the show talking about my wonderful nails that my <laughs> my girlfriend's niece painted for me today. I mean, um, glitter, glow in the dark, we're everything. I mean, that's what we do. We talk about wrestling sometimes. We'll talk about anything. I think it's great. <laughs> oh, by the way, I um uh was it Seth Rollins on Cam Hayward's podcast? Oh, yeah, how about that? I didn't expect that crossover. Yeah. Didn't expect that crossover, but for the uh, for, but for the non wrestling fans out there, there you go. Cam, if it's cool enough for Cam Hayward, uh, it's cool <laughs> enough for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. NFL honors us tonight, I believe, 9 mm. o'clock Eastern on yeah, uh, 9 Eastern, yep. NFL there's Network. A, but there's a red carpet show for the hour before. So oh boy. In, in case you're you're interested in that. Can't miss that one, I guess. I'm not. Um, 9 Eastern, NFL honors. All of the awards will be given out. Your MVP, your your Offensive Player of the Year, your Rookies of the Year. Three course, Steelers up for awards tonight. Yes. Of course, Jory Porter Jr. Um, for Rookie of the Year. TJ Watt. Uh, the big one is Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And, and then Cam Hayward for Walter yes, Payton Cam, Man of the Year. Cam Hayward for Walter Payton, who should win it at some point in his career. I mean, gosh, the guy does so much for this yeah, community. Yeah. I want to. I, wanna, I do want to say this about like while I think the most likely Steeler to win an award tonight is probably T.J. Watt, even though I don't think he's going to, based off the off of the how aligned the AP awards and the PFWA awards typically are. It's not always a perfect science. It's not always a perfect match, but a lot of the time. The PFWA and AP Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, those guys are typically the same players. Not all the time, so there's still a chance, but the fact that Miles Garrett won the PFWA Defensive Player of the Year is not a good omen for TJ Watt, but I'd still say it's the most likely. However, Cam Hayward's got to win Walter Payton Man of the Year, and I mean tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, he should have won it last year, and I know for a fact uh, I can't, say who the conversations were with but i know for a fact that he took last year not winning it last year pretty hard uh he really wanted to win it last year they made a lot of efforts uh in the community and not for their sole reason of trying to oh we got to win walter Payton man of the year no it's because he cares that much about giving back to the community um it was just it was a year in which they really it felt like the stars were aligning with everything that he was doing the community mixed with what he was doing on the football field. Um, he should have won it last year. And that's nothing against Dak Prescott. He does a lot. I, I live in this area. Dak does a lot in this area too. Um, it, it's nothing against any of the guys who are nominated for the award, but Cam Hayward's been doing this for a long time, man. He he's deserved it for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. He, he deserves it. And I'd like, I'd love to see him win that tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's about time. I think it's a do thing. I think it's something that Cam 
definitely deserves. And anybody that lives in the Pittsburgh area knows mm-hmm. Cam's impact on it, knows how active. And not just that, but also the encouragement that Cam gives to his teammates to act around the community as well. Um, mm. Pat Peterson was a guy too. Like he's not up for this award, but Pat Peterson was a guy who got here, you know, and and really took the bull by the horns when it came to being active in this community and ran Thanksgiving stuff and ran Christmas stuff. I think that's amazing that there's a there's an effect that rubs off on the teammates. So we can hope for the best for Cam. We can also hope for the the best for Joey Jr. Even though I don't think he wins Defensive Rookie of the Year, but certainly. A no. great candidate for it mm-hmm. and a worthy Deserved. candidate for yes. it deserves mm-hmm. some recognition among the best rookies in the NFL this season. Yes, absolutely. I, I even saw it. Um, I don't know if it was on our on our feed on the actual like entry in our feed or not, but somebody talking about, you know, Joey Porter Jr.'s penalties and stuff like that. And how, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, okay, we gotta say it's in it's in my chalk talk, which is in top one right now. I looked at the three defensive players out of the rookie class that that really gave this defense a much needed jolt of youth um infusion of youth and uh worrying about 12 penalty yeah 12 penalties in six in 17 games is, is is not ideal but when you consider everything else that he did when it came to putting up numbers that are comparable to what sauce Gardner did as a rookie and he was far and away rookie of the year whenever he played um, he is absolutely worthy to be in discussion of rookie of the year. Now, I don't, again, I don't think he wins it. I think he's probably, um, the least likely candidate to win. However, he deserves to be in that discussion. He deserves to be in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been phenomenal. He was phenomenal as a rookie mm-hmm. being able to come in and shadow a team's number one receiver, you know, and not, not always being perfect, but making plays when it mattered, especially I'm thinking about like Seattle against DK Metcalf. But still, overall, only a 65.3, I think it was, passer rating against when he's targeted. Uh, being targeted uh, once only every 10 uh, coverage sna- uh, pass coverage snaps. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like The dude is shutting down guys. He's not letting guys score. He only allowed one touchdown all season. He was, he was phenomenal. Deserves to be in that discussion, for sure. 100%. Oh, he certainly does. Now, for defensive rookie of the year candidates, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joey Jr., Kobe Turner, Devin Witherspoon, all certainly deserving. Um, Will Anderson is my guess. I would say Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Like from day one, Jalen Carter was. Don't don't be surprised with Devin Witherspoon either. Devin Witherspoon really played well for Seattle. Really well. And and Kobe Turner was a difference maker for the Rams. Like Mm -hmm. for a position that wasn't expected to do to be much for that team, he was. Really great, and I, and that's a good point here coming from Sebastian and some others in chat are saying it too. Uh, Keanu Benton was his rookie of the year. I think very good. Keanu Benton, I think Keanu Benton had a fantastic season. If they mm-hmm. went up to ten nominees for defensive rookie of the year, I think Benton would certainly be among those ten. Um, he was tremendous all year for them. If so, it weren't for the likes of Jalen Carter, he was one of the best interior defend interior defenders among amongst rookies and for Kobe sure. Turner. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 for sure. It's just, it's just like he didn't have the the splash. Like he only had the one sack against the Raiders. That was his only sack of the season. But he did a lot of other things. And plus, he really grew in run defense. Like we knew coming in. Like anybody who watched Senior Bowl tape and anything like that, or even his tape at Wisconsin, knew that Keanu Benton was a was a good pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Really fast off the line, had cl- violent hands. 
you know, could really, really shed, shed, uh, shed blocking, uh, in, in, you know, in pass rushing, but he really grew as a run defender, being able to, to sustain and hold his ground on double teams, get off of those blocks at times, especially whenever the double team went to the second level to try to get that defender. Um, really good example of that against the bills and the, uh, in the, in the wild card game, uh, Benton really grew it really, really awesome to see the, the, the Steelers have not just Porter and Benton, but even Nick Herbig, three guys from this rookie class come in and like carve out legitimate roles for themselves mm-hmm. uh, because this defense has needed it for sure. Yeah, that's a good point here from Rick too. Kalaja Kansi, the pit kid, had an amazing year. Uh, maybe even better than Benton. I, and I put it. I just put the link in the chat. I just wanted. Uh, again, I'll tend to toot my own horn when I'm right too much, but I wrote a story July 20th of last year. Breakout candidates for the Steelers defense in 2023. And my number one was Keanu Benton. Yeah. So uh number two is DeMarvin Leal, but we won't we won't go down the list. <laughs> um, no, you don't you don't bat a thousand on those things. <laughs> no, no. Um I had a Land Roberts three and Shannon Sullivan four. So in fact I went 50-50 on that. Yeah, I bet a five hundred. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's okay. Yeah. That gets you in the Hall of Fame in some in some circles. <laughs> uh but Keanu Benton was my number one. So uh just for reference there. Um but the big one obviously tonight is TJ Watt. Um, potentially becoming a, another defensive player of the year, the second time in his career. And this guy deserves it. This guy has earned it. This guy led the NFL in sacks. This guy was everywhere. He was impactful. He intercepted passes. He scored touchdowns. He did everything for this defense. And if TJ Watts not in this defense, this team does not win football games that's plain and simple yeah they are one in 11 all time when tj watt does not dress for them when he does not play in a full game and look i'm just gonna say it right off the top i don't think he wins it i think miles garrett wins it i think it's going to be a case of the analytics coming coming through it and i think it's going to be a case of well miles was impactful in other ways and not just the direct ways that get weighed and measured and and looked at and quantified I think that this, and I'm going to write more about this tonight, and it'll be published not long after NFL Honors, because I just, I'm operating under the belief as we sit here at 3.20 p.m. Eastern that Miles Garrett's going to win the award because of the analytics, because of these should-be stats, and because of these really outside factors that people are now looking at more than ever. I think that's why Miles wins it. TJ, I think, should win it, but I don't think he does. Yeah, um, I'm going to um, give a shout out to uh, Daniel Valente, uh, writes for uh, uh, the score. Um, he uh, has a tweet out there that has all these stats between uh, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. And this is like a wide variety of stats. This is not just what you find in a box score. So, sacks, TJ Watt has the advantage. Quarterback hits, TJ Watt has the advantage. Tackles for loss, TJ Watt. Force fumbles, they're tied. Interceptions, TJ Watt. Defensive touchdowns, TJ Watt. Pressures per uh, uh, pro football reference, TJ Watt. Pressures per sports info solutions, TJ Watt. Pressure percentage per SIS, tied. Um, hold on, okay, I, I'm not I'm not done yet. Pressures <laughs> pressures per pro football focus, tied. Pass rush win rate. Uh oh. 
per pro football focus, Uh-oh. obviously Miles Garrett Uh-oh. far and away Uh-oh. at 27.5% to TJ Watt's 16.9%. Uh oh. And then pass rush productivity per pro, pro football focus, Miles Garrett barely eclipses TJ Watt at 10.8 to 10.3. Now, vast majority of stats there. Uh oh. TJ Watt has the advantage. But when you talk to the guys at Pro Football Focus, to PFF, and yes, I don't care if PFF Sam and they take this and they blast it. I don't care. Uh-oh. PFF Sam is a clown. He's a clown. And those guys at Pro Football Focus take pass rush win rate, pass what rush win rate, easy for you to say, and put it <laughs> way up here as the ultimate stat for rushing the quarterback. And it's just not that. What you should do is take all of those stats, actual stats that result in results. After all, football is a results-oriented game. You take all those stats and you then you put them in a nice collective pie, and then you can try to evaluate based off of the total collective that you have. TJ Watt is defensive player of the year. I'm sorry. It's not even it's not even a comparison. Miles Garrett had a phenomenal year. He's a phenomenal defensive player. I'm not taking that away from him. Browns fans can be shook all they want to th- to think that Miles Garrett, you know, whatever. I'm I'm tired of talking about TJ Watt's defensive player of the year. And if he doesn't win, it is a joke. That being said, I voted Miles Garrett won PFWA defensive player of the year. That's fine. I'm a member of the PFWA. I voted in that. I voted for TJ Watt because he's the most deserving player and has nothing to do with the fact that he played for the Steelers. I think Micah Parsons had a better year than Miles Garrett. Mm -hmm. I test alone as well. I mean, like, and I'm going to write about this tonight. The original analytics, if you want to put it this way, the original analytics are the eye test. What players in the backfield constantly, what player, is getting doubled constantly. What player now? I you could say both. I get it, but what player has more impact on the game? The answer is TJ Watt. Yeah. Both players. I'm not questioning Miles Garrett's greatness at all. Miles Garrett's great player, player phenomenal, phenomenal player. easily yeah. should be in this conversation. Easily could win it any other year, but I don't think it should be this year. That being said, I think he still wins it. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I, I, I think I just I, we, we live in an era where everybody wants to be the smart guy. And when you want to be the smart guy, the the trend with that is to go with analytics. And so the easiest or the, the, the first place to go for analytics or the most uh, mainstream area to go for analytics is pro football focus. And they put Miles Garrett up on this pedestal that. And TJ Watt is, you know, I mean, they put they ranked TJ Watt, I think, is the fifth or sixth. Uh, edge rusher in the in the league i mean come, come on. on man like like again it's not like when we're talking about defensive player of the year we're not talking about best pass rusher we're not talking about best guy at being able to wreak havoc in the backfield tj watts overall impact on the game what he does at the line of scrimmage in terms of ask Gerald burrow who he does not want to be on that line of scrimmage whenever he's throwing the football tj watt has multiple times on multiple occasions, picked off Joe Burrow by literally just jumping up in front of him and coming down with the football. Does Miles Garrett do that? No, he doesn't. Does Miles Garrett make the kind of plays that TJ Watt does whenever he drops back into coverage? No, he doesn't. 
TJ Watt is a complete defensive player and does way more from the edge spot than anybody else in football. And because of that, he has a bigger impact on the game than anybody else playing on that side of the ball. He's the best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say this too, but Mike's right here. If they, he says if they don't give it to miles now, he'll probably never get it with TJ around. Like this is a classic case of like, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, no more Garcia Park. Remember like late 90s, mid late 90s, early 2000s of Major League Baseball, how the American League was just loaded with shortstops. It's Nolan Arenado at third base. Nobody's like until it had to take for in order for Key Brian Hayes, who is a phenomenal, great defensive third baseman. It took Nolan Arenado having a completely awful first half of the season with the glove in order to have his overall stats come down so far that they just could like nobody could like actually put him as a finalist for the award. Yep. Other than that, Nolan Arenado, it's the same. It's Yadier Molina at catcher. Nobody's winning a gold glove as long as he was playing. Yep. It's it's fair or not. That's just the way it is. TJ Watt, TJ Watt's the best defensive player in football. And it, sorry, Miles Garrett, you deserve to win more than you are than you're going to. But yeah, it's just it it is what it is, man. Well, that's like, Aaron, that was Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. For a for a minute, it was the Aaron Donald Award, and it was who's going to contend for the Aaron Donald Award. It was it was exactly that. It was the Tom Brady MVP Award. Yeah. It was the Invitational. It was an Invitational, and you know I'm applying that same theory to the Super Bowl. Even like this is the Kansas City Chiefs Invitational. It's just a matter of who they're going to play against, and we'll talk more about the Super Bowl tomorrow. But first, we have to get through tonight. Tonight is NFL Honors, nine Eastern, I believe. NFL Network and and Paramount Plus will have it. Um, for you to watch on, it might be CBS too. But anyway, CBS too. So, like yeah. locally in Pittsburgh, we're going to be on KDKA. Yeah. Um. So that's where you're going to want to watch it. I'll have something up later tonight on DKPittsburghSports.com about TJ Watt winning it or losing it. I'll put it that way. And yeah. uh, you're going to want to check that out later. Um, more on the feed coming to DKPittsburghSports.com. You're going to want to check that out. Remember, if you haven't done so yet, download our app free on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. You can sign up for notifications, for free notifications for Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, Duquesne, Robert Morris, whatever you fancy. Uh, You could do all of that. Um, We will have plenty of content coming to DKPittsburghSports.com shortly on the draft. Chris has a chalk talk up talking. um, You want to explain it, actually? You just want to do it yourself? Yeah, it's a a deep dive into... Uh, what Joey, what what the three defensive players that that played this year out of the rookie class, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, what those guys contributed in 2023. Looking beyond the box score, the numbers, all that kind of stuff that you can find on the Pro Football Reference pages, and uh, looking at the impacts that they had on the team, how they grew, uh, and how much that was needed for a defense that, I mean, has some very good players on it. You know, we talk about T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, but Cam Hayward's not getting any younger. He's definitely, you know, getting close to the end of his career. Um, they, this defense has needed an infusion of youth and having those three guys step up, taking a, a closer look at why that kind of optimism should be there for um, a defense that cannot be rebuilt the way it was in the early 2010s um, because there isn't, you know, an offense that has Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, all those guys on the other side to carry that defense. <laughs> yeah, William, the jokes run old. I'm back. <laughs> the jokes run yeah. old. We're we're all the way through. I mean, three days in a row now. I mean, well, two is a pattern, but yeah, yeah, two could yeah. be coincidence. Some might say. 
Anyway, yeah, not Ohio-based PFF. Maybe I wore the Tigers hat today in solidarity of that. For those that are not watching, I'm wearing a Detroit Tigers uh, listen, baseball cap. For full for full blown context on this, I'm not like this. Like oh, I'm so anti PFF. I use Pro Football Focus for a lot of their stats when it comes to player evaluation. Their stats Likewise. are very very are very very valuable. Uh, a lot of the stats that are that are in that uh, chalk talk on Porter, Benton, and Herbig are pulled from pro are, are pulled from PFF. The stats are valuable. It's how they use their own stats to then put together this formula, which they've admitted is subjective. There you go. In order to get the, in order to get their grades on their players, that is where the problem lies with Pro Football Focus. When you take in a vacuum, Joey Porter Jr. allowed a sixty-five point three pass rating against. That's phenomenal. That's a great stat to have. You know what quarterbacks are doing when, or what kind of success, or or how much how much they're struggling to throw the ball or to be a good quarterback when they throw at Joey Porter Jr. Those are valuable stats to have. It's where you take, oh well, T.J. Watt wins only seventeen percent of his pass rushes. Yeah, but Miles Garrett wins twenty seven and a half, and because of that, he's the best player. Come on, man. <laughs> Jerry says nice nails. Yeah, shout out to my girlfriend's niece. We were babysitting today. <laughs> Got them done. They look good. She did them. Five Mr. years old. She's, Mr. She's Jimmy a, Dean's going to get this trending on social beast. media. Free Levy hashtag Free Le'Veon. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a that's another topic for another day. Tomorrow's going to be all about the Super Bowl. Who's going to win? Who do we think wins? Who do we think has the best chance? What team are we going with on Sunday? Chiefs or 49ers? Let's talk all about the big game. Removing uh, the. The label from it there. As I will as try to put together some to sort do. of Super Bowl trivia that I can. I actually I so we do that. Yeah, I, I now I kind of I kind of already showed like what I can do going all the way back to Super Bowl twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll try to put together some sort of Super Bowl trivia for us. Um, or <laughs> Rick says swift tears, please. I I wonder what the prop is on camera time for Taylor. Because CBS hasn't shown her that much, believe it or not. Of course, of course, of uh, uh, across the course of these games, yeah. I think they only showed her for it was a total of like forty-five seconds, the last game in the AFC Championship. So I don't know. Okay, I, I, okay. Ever, ever. <laughs> here's a question for you. <laughs> what what will have the highest? What what will be the higher number? The number of seconds that Taylor Swift is on TV, or the number of times that Tony Romo says. Jim's name. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. Well, I don't know. Oh, Jim. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. We should look at some prop bets. For I, I'm pool. honestly going to say it's Tony Romo's going to say Jim. Jim. More, and we're going to talk more. about food. And we're going to talk about food. Of course, we're talking about Super Bowl food. Yeah. We're going to have to do that. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. All right. Let's do it tomorrow. Super Bowl Friday. Football Friday tomorrow. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been Thursday. Hey, if you're in Pittsburgh, go outside. It's like 60 degrees out. It's really Dude, it's, nice. It's it's 68 here. It's, uh, it's really a nice. little overcast, which is why my 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 living space is not as uh, bright as it normally is. But uh, yeah, we'll yeah. look at some of those prop bets. All right, have a good day, everyone. We're out. Peace.